You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. Let's go. I've always defined myself as a wrestler, even before I was probably a wrestler. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. I'm your host, Ryan Warner. Thanks for bearing with me while I was on vacation the past two weeks. I'm back in Chicago and ready to bring you this week's episode with Iowa assistant coach Ryan Morningstar. This podcast was recorded at Coach Morningstar's house in rural Iowa. That's an understatement. We did this on a pig farm, actually. And we talk about Ryan's college career, his high school career, and most importantly, his time coaching the Hawks. For those of you who don't know, Ryan was a two-time All-American for the Hawks back when he was wearing the black and gold. He joined Iowa as an assistant coach in 2012, has led Iowa to an NCAA title and three Big Ten tournament conference titles as well. Fan of the week goes to my friend Ethan Ball. Ethan and I are lifelong friends. He's currently an assistant coach at Coe College and was instrumental in setting up this podcast. I guess the, uh, the pig show circuits in Iowa and Illinois run deep, and Ryan Morningstar is an avid pig farmer. So that's how we got this set up. That's it, folks. Let's get to the interview with the great Ryan, the pride of Lisbon, Morningstar. Ryan Morningstar, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, let's start. I've I heard this crazy story that when you were a freshman in high school, you had maybe the most anticipated first match in the history of the state of Iowa. Um, you had a guy, and it all goes back to... Your father was a legend. You grew up in a, in a big wrestling town, and you know you were this AAU stud. So what do you remember about this first freshman match you had? Um, well, it was against Justin Swafford, and uh, I remember him always beating me when I was a little kid. So I would he was older than me. He was two years older than me. So when I was a kid, I always go to these kids' tournaments, and I'd always bump up. So I would seek the best competition, and... And so I'd bump up and wrestle. And he, I think I was in probably, um, I was probably in sixth grade and he was in eighth grade, I believe. And, and I bumped up, like I, I would find out where he was going to be. And then I would try to go find him and wrestle him and get that win. And I think he beat me three times that year. And, 
And there's, I mean, they were all razor thin. And one of the matches I got taken down, I think, at the end to go to overtime that I got beaten overtime. So, like, they were always really tight matches. And and it was the first uh, first weigh-in of the year, and, and it was at Lisbon. And it was against Mediapolis, where he was from. So it was a pretty anticipated match, and I was pretty fired up for it. And came on came out on the losing end of that one, so that wasn't very fun. But uh, it... Uh, you know, we've always had some great battles. I eventually got got it back later on in my career, but man, it was we had some heat. Every every match, even the ones that I won, were always just heated heated matches. It I just, watched it on the the pin doctor, whoever that is. It might be his brother. That's his older brother. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, <laughs> I watched the match, and I'm like, man, this is small town Iowa. Jim's going crazy, man. It, it was just awesome that match you were talking about to watch. Let's start with like the how, the community you grew up in. Like, how big is wrestling in Lisbon? Um, well, it, it's, it, it's obviously a, it's a power, it's a, it's, it's a, re, Lisbon wrestling is like the, uh, you know, it's, it's the sport for that town, in my opinion. I mean, obviously they're very good athletically, but the tradition of that Al Baxter had start, started years before and um, the state titles, I mean, it's year in and year out, they're always in the hunt and, um, you know, they, they're a team that that uh, there's a lot of pride, you know. I mean, the people that show up for the dual meets, there's so much pride in those dual meets and those <laughs> in those matches, and um, you know, it's what the town talks about is is Lisbon wrestling, and and so that's kind of what they're known for. And and growing up in that environment is obviously a blessing. Um, having my dad that that wrestled for Lisbon, first generation wrestler from Lisbon, was was awesome to to be a part of and and that legacy you know when i was a kid i was thinking about it um i've always defined myself as a wrestler even before i was probably a wrestler you know and i walked walked down the halls in lisbon and there's a trophy case with my dad's picture and i always thought that was a really cool deal and something i always wanted to do and um always that was an aspiration of mine to put myself in that trophy case someday and and follow the footsteps or i mean even make my own footsteps i guess but but be a part of that has always been a, a goal of mine so and your dad was a first generation wrestler you said yes yep. and he was i've been reading some message boards in the predicament a lot of people say one of the best iowa high school wrestlers ever four-time state champ tell folks who don't know that era like about some, your dad his accomplishments so yeah he was he was a four-time state champ um he had one loss and it was a referee's decision loss back then they used to shake hands and the referee basically just raised the hand of the guy who thought did better you know they didn't have the overtime matches and during the regular season so um that was his only loss um he was a really competitive guy and didn't start wrestling till a little bit later and then you know found a lot of success with it and, and uh, my grandparents were um you know, it was great because they they were just very supportive. They didn't know much about it. They were competitive people, but they were very supportive with it, and and so it was pretty uh, pretty neat for him to lay the lay the groundwork. And he was a great coach growing up. I mean, he knew how to push me and and knew how to talk to me and and get me motivated if I needed it. And mm -hmm. I mean, just a great mentor for me growing up. We have a lot of parents ask me, you know, and message the show and say, "Hey, never wrestled before. My kid loves it." <laughs> We listen to the podcast. How do we parent wrestlers? You know, and obviously your dad did a great job because you love wrestling. And I always say the goal is to create people who love the sport into their 30s, 40s, 50s, you know. So mm -hmm. like, what was your routine growing up? Were you going every day? Were you going like 12 months a year? I mean, how did he do it right for you? 
Um, I mean, I think everybody's different with that kind of stuff um, when it comes to parenting kids. And and uh, me growing up, he wouldn't let me go to a lot of tournaments when I was really young. Um, I think the first tournament I went to was like in second grade. I think he let me go to two. And then third grade, I probably hit five or six um, with the districts and state tournaments, mm-hmm. kind of when that started going. Um, and then, you know, I didn't wrestle a lot of freestyle. I wrestled some in like seventh, eighth grade, or I guess sixth and seventh grade. Eighth grade, I started to pick it up. That's kind of when I realized that this is what I really wanted to do. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny because once I got my license, like my parents, they took me to practice here and there. And, and I was blessed with a really good kids club growing up. Like I had partners like Moza Fay, who was yeah. a couple time All-American at I. We were practice partners growing up. Um, he wow. lived 15 minutes from me, so he was down. And our kids club was very tough, so I never really lacked partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would take me wherever if I wanted to go work out here or there. Um, I wrestled with uh, Pablo Ubasa in junior high quite a bit. Yep. You know, with with Borschel and Slayton and Beatty and Mitch Mueller and all those guys, and I mean, wow. we had a we had those a, were the hammers. Yeah, we had a really good club. Um, and uh, but anyway, so um, they they were very supportive. But once I learned to drive, I mean, it, it was basically um, it was hands off for the most part. If you wanted to go work out, drive down to Iowa City and go work out. You know, there was um, when I was younger, my dad would hold me accountable, probably like I should when I was getting ready for tournaments. Mm-hmm. But later on in my career, it was pretty much on my own and, and get what you want out of it. You know, I mean, if you want to be good, get what you want out of it kind of thing. And so um, but they were very supportive. I mean, I couldn't ask for, for more support. I mean, even then in college, they were fortunate enough. Um, they didn't miss any of my college meets. So, Dang. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, that's a pretty pretty big sacrifice for you know I'm something that I'm really proud of and and I mean not very many people get the opportunity to have their parents at every match and so that was pretty cool to see I mean they went to Utah they went to Pennsylvania they they went to New York for the journeyman duels I mean they were they were everywhere it's pretty cool they didn't miss one yeah so so when you started having some success in high school you I'm sure you were getting recruited from all over how hard did you consider VT Virginia Tech um, very hard. Um, so the recruiting process was pretty cool. Um, it was very tough. I went to, uh, it's funny cause I went with all my friends, you know, I went, uh, Mitch Mueller was a good friend of mine and Joe Slate was obviously a very good, it was kind of us three that, that, uh, were always together. And so we went, we went on our Iowa state visit and we're like, oh man, that was really cool. And, and Mitch ended up liking it a lot cause that's where he ended up going. But, um, and then went to Virginia Tech and I was like, all right, this, this, uh, this takes it to another level for me. You know, I mean, it was intense. It was like, this is, I can definitely see myself here. Um, so what was it about? It was a brand's persona. Yeah. It was just the persona, the energy around the program. You could see where it was going. I mean, I was roommates with Metcalf out there Mm. and these guys, these guys are, I mean, I'm on the visit and I played football. Metcalf and I played football on Friday night. So we got out there a day later. And obviously he played for Michigan. I played for Iowa, but we met out there at the same time. But um, so he was on a recruiting trip as well. Yeah, he was on the same trip. We were roommates on that trip. Kind of hammers the brains bringing that. Yeah, weekend. and so it was, and so like we're out to eat, and you know all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, Borschel just committed, and then oh yeah, Slayton and Claire committed, and it's like holy smokes, this is going pretty quick, you know. And and then I had my meeting with Tom a day later, and and the offer was there, and I'm just like, I'm just sitting here, and I'm like. 
all right. So my mom on the way home, I'll never forget it. We're sitting in the airport. She's like, oh, it's not too bad. This airport's not too bad. You could, I mean, this is an easy flight home. I mean, it, you know, and, you know, it's not a big deal to be out here. I mean, it's, you know, and so she's starting to justify it in her head. And so it was, I'm like, oh gosh, I, I might really be moving out of the state of Iowa and not being a Hawkeye, even though that's something I always wanted to do. And, um, so you had some trepidations about committing right there like the other guys did? Um, I wasn't going to commit right there. I mean, there was there was thoughts of it, and I, I felt like if I would have committed, it would have been a great thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been the wrong thing at the time. You know, I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then I had my Iowa visit the next week, and it just felt like I grew up in the program. I attended Hawkeye Wrestling Club workouts all throughout high school. I've always been the biggest Hawkeye fan, even though my dad, he probably, he's a grad, he was a, a national qualifier for you and I and wrestled there for five years. And, and, um, you know, so it wasn't like he was pushing me to, I just always loved it. I mean, I grew up in, in the glory years of it watching it, you know? So, yeah. um, once I went to Iowa, it was just, it was, uh, it was a decision that, you know, I, I I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to stick, stick with this. And then the next year, you know, it was a great combination to have Tom and, and that crew coming, and I was reunited with my best friend again with Slayton and, and that coaching staff, so it worked out pretty good. So it was only one, so you were at Iowa one full year before the... Yep, uh, I redshirted, and I actually got hurt at the UNI Open. I was having a pretty good redshirt year and, and beat some good guys, and, and then, uh, I, so I redshirted that year, and I, I got hurt, had surgery, and then those guys came in, and well, Tom came in in April, but like Slayton and Metcalf and Borschel and LeClaire and TH Lee, they, they followed, but they weren't allowed on campus because VTech didn't give them a release. Mm-hmm. And so basically they were on their own until school started. And so I had bought, or my dad had bought a house down here for us to live in. It was, it was a four bedroom house. And so it was me and Keddy and, um, and Metcalf and Slayton. We all lived in the same house all throughout the summer. Wow. Or not throughout the summer, but throughout the next couple of school years. So, but uh, can you tell the story about when you guys got like the, everyone came to town and there was like the junior or the world team trials were going on in Omaha and y'all camped out? What was that? I, th- I don't think it was Omaha. I think it was Sioux City. Sioux City. I think it was yeah. Sioux City. Yeah. We. So I got my mom's minivan and somebody else got like a fifteen passenger van and all of us loaded up. And we went out there and we stayed in a campground and tents and it, w- it was the first time we were all together. So it was like, you know, all the tech guys mixed with, you know, your Hawkeye guys like Perry and Sertzis and Falk and, and Keddy and Dan Erickson and all of us. And so it was the first time that we all went out together and we camped and we went to the wrestling and watched wrestling and we had a great time wow dan dennis was part of that right yep dan dennis yeah i can't okay. leave dennis out too yeah he's uh yeah. he's an illinois guy I gotta keep oh, our yeah. illinois guys in there absolutely um and so were you how often were you working out with mark perry on a daily basis um i worked out with him quite a bit actually um because you guys really, is that why you went with 57 your first two years yeah and he was at 65 so it was natural when he graduated that I'd, i would move up um so yeah, I worked out with him a lot. I mean, it was, he was a great partner, and it was it it brought a whole new feel for me um, coming out of high school. Like I I'd never felt a guy that could sit the corner as good as he could, and I mean, I had a lot of learning experiences <laughs> wrestling him the first couple of times, and I was like, I 
can't attack a low single on this guy. I got to find other ways to get to him. So, because he would literally, when I was in high school or in college, he would literally give that up to you because he, that's where he wanted to be. So you, he makes you, he made me a lot smarter wrestler. That's for dang sure. So. Well, you just go bulldogging in a high crotch like a single, and yeah, and it was not smart. I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, you learn pretty quick when he scores about six takedowns on cutting the corner <laughs> on you, and you're wondering like what is happening, and then. Yeah, he was a great partner for me, though. Really yeah. good partner for me. All, and I'll never forget, when he came out of redshirt, or not even redshirt, he won the Midlands as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, that's John Smith's nephew. I'm like, in the Iowa singlet? I couldn't believe it. And yeah. it was just amazing to me, that whole story. And yep. obviously the Johnny H- Hendricks rivalries were epic, yep. you know. And so you were there for all that, right? Yeah, and actually Perry, he um, he was my host on my recruiting visit, too. So I I got, I mean, I was pretty close with him throughout college and everything. So yeah, I got to live all of that, the the whole ups and downs of all of it, because it was, I mean, it was, <laughs> everything wasn't just glory when it came came to Perry. There was a lot of, uh, you know, um, someone explained it to me one time, like his, he wasn't like the Iowa style kind of training guy, like he, like um, conditioning and and executions and everything else. He was a guy that, a lot of his training was done through film work and done through technical work. And it was a whole new, opened the, opened my eyes to a whole new side of, of the sport. It's mm-hmm. not just, and you know, as a, as a high school Iowa kid, I was all about, you know, um, getting your heart rate up and sustaining it and wrestling a hard pace, which is very important. Obviously that's, that's part of it, but there's a whole other side of training that doesn't necessarily involve just having your heart rate spiked and it doesn't yeah. necessarily uh, involve just a lot of hard wrestling. There's another aspect to it that's actually very hard training and takes a lot of focus as well. So, um, was he doing know, a lot of sparring and stuff like that? Kind of like play wrestling, or was that not around it as popular? He as now? did, but maybe too much. And then when when uh, I think his biggest jumps were when he learned that Iowa style, like Iowa style aspect of it, because. I remember he relied on letting guys in on his legs a lot. And some guys, you know, they just know how to finish in certain situations or are better or stronger. They have a, a, a niche mm-hmm. um, of finishing. And so, his, I mean, like Hendricks would get to his leg and he would finish. And he would try to sit the corner and get weight towards his head. He might stalemate him a couple of times, but he was going right back in. Like he wasn't turning him or he wasn't cradling him. He was really strong. Mm-hmm. So... I remember in some of his training, uh, he was wrestling, I think, with maybe Schwab and Ironside, that kind of in-your-face style of wrestling. And when he learned to actually just stay in there, and this might sound funny, but just sprawl, throw your legs back, because <laughs> he, he didn't know how to sprawl. I mean, he never sprawled. Um, when he learned to do that, that's when... Um, I think he made his biggest jumps when he learned that other aspect of the sport is what he, he needed most probably, yeah. in my opinion. And so, and there's, I have nothing but all love and respect for Zaleski. He got fourth that year and got let go, which to me, that doesn't happen anywhere but Iowa City. Yeah. Brands comes in. What's the, what's the, I mean, what do you pick up from your three or four years wrestling under Coach Brands? I mean, like, what is it about the guy that gets the guys going? I mean... Guys just, he, he, uh, he's one thing that I, people ask what the change was. The biggest change to me was there was so much, um, 
the, the organization of everything. I mean, it, there, everything was just like a well-oiled machine, it seemed like. And, and, and obviously there's hiccups and everything, but when he came in, it was, it was, uh, it was refreshing. It was motivating. And the, the, the standard, um, you know, was never compromised with him. And you knew what you had to do. I mean, you're here to be the best wrestler. You're not here to, to do just okay. And, you know, I mean, that's he, the standard of the program was the bar might have been dropped a mm-hmm. little bit. I'm not, that's not a shot at anybody. It's just, I'm, I'm not saying that Zaleski's bar was dropped. Or, I mean, obviously, we want to, we all, all want to be the champion, but Tom's standard was, was never compromised. And, People thrived off of his energy and, and his attitude and work ethic every day. I mean, it wasn't just a part-time gig. And, I mean, it was every single day. I mean, it, it, it was just so motivating and, and refreshing. And, and being a part of, a part of that and that mentality is, is something special. And you don't see that a lot of places. You step yeah. on the mat with the Brains Brothers in your corner, you got to feel just unbelievable yeah, I mean, confidence. They'll go to bat for you, and they will fight to the death, and 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 they get a they get a bad rap for that. I mean, people call out Tom and Terry all the time because because whatever they're yelling in the corner, it's not a personal attack. It's, they're just they're fighting for their guy, and they won't stop fighting for their guy. And that's something that you know you don't see that anywhere else. That's special, and and I think people don't like it because they're you know they're it's it's pretty. Uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It's it's pretty it's unique and it's it's unwavering. Though. Yeah, it's unwavering and and it's it's um it's threatening. It's very threatening. Oh, it's it is, man. <laughs> Especially if you're in the uh you watch you know, I I love watching Terry versus whatever assistant he's trying to rile up and it's it's fantastic to watch. <laughs> um um, I was at the Oklahoma State deal two years ago where him and uh, Esposito were almost going to have a little takedown clinic on the mat. And, yeah. and I love Espo. You know, that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're all in the sport of wrestling and everything, but there's there, the, the side of that, comp, not very many people understand the side of that, the, the competitive side of that. And it, it goes beyond just, just the sport. I mean, it's, it, it runs deep. I mean, it's, it's uh, it's intense, and it it it, me- it shows you basically what it means to to be a hockey wrestler and be wrestling for for Tom and Terry. It's awesome. Yeah, like no other. I can't even imagine. So, did he win his first year in? This 08, the first no, full we season. No, we I think we were seventh or eighth. So tough. Okay, but no. rebuilding. Um, and yeah. so I think o- I, Perry was a champ that year. Okay, and um, there was it was in it was in Detroit. It was a it was a weird nationals. It really was. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of strange things happened because we beat Iowa state during the year and they had just were coming off a win from uh, a win by over Minnesota. Minnesota was returning champs and we shot, I mean, I think we beat them like 28 to six in Carver Hawkeye a week after they just beat Minnesota. So we had some really good highs and we had some lows, but the potential was there. And then you had, you had Metcalf and, and you had Borschel and you had Slayton and Leclerc. They're all sitting in the wings. They're oh, sitting in redshirt right. because they because Virginia Tech didn't release them. That's, that's still a, an ugly thing to even acknowledge that they wouldn't let those kids transfer. That's crazy. Yep. And so uh, and so the next year was 08. 
When was your fre- what, your freshman year debut at Iowa against Paulson? 06? Um, so that was so that was 07. That was that 07 season. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, 06, 07. Oh, so was no, okay. Yep. Yeah, December 06. Yep. This is your first duel in Carver. Second. I actually lost the week before to um, Brian. His name was Brian Stith from Arizona State. He was a returning finalist. Tough, dude. I know. Yeah, I lost an overtime match to him and, you know, had my opportunities to win and just didn't get it done. So I was in the mix. I mean, I was right there. So I knew I could could beat him, but needed to wrestle a good match, and I was ready to go. Yeah. I found a clip of that on YouTube when you eat Paulson. Just like the end 20 seconds, I was just dying to hear the crowd. Yeah. What's it feel like when you pull off a win like that at Carver, man? I mean, it's you don't you don't even think. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's electrifying. I mean, as I mean, there's there's so many words for it, but but uh, it, I mean, there's not very many feelings like that. The self satisfaction. Um, you know, I was young and and hadn't had too many huge huge wins like that. I mean, it was a it was a big win at the time. I mean, he was a national champ. And what was he so, ranked? Uh, he was ranked number one. And what about you? I was probably like twelve. 13, something like that. So really, you know, proven from the high school days, you know, had a unproven collegially though. Like, no, yep. like this is the first big win yep. against Iowa State at yep. Carver. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. There was, um, you know, I mean, it's pretty cool to look back at all your, your the Lisbon people were all there and they were loving it. And I mean, they were, they swarmed me after the match, you know, <laughs> you know it, the, the town runs pretty deep. So there, it was it was pretty cool to see. What's your fondest memory of that 08 national championship? I would say, I would say just just finally getting it done. You know, at the national tournament, um, Perry and, and Metcalf winning was huge. Um, I wasn't feeling too great. I was around the 12, so <laughs> you know, I wasn't feeling too great. Um, but uh, dude, you wrestled the same guy in the bracket. Or in the Russellbacks both years, Becker from Indiana. Yep. What in the heck? And I, he was he was like a like I don't know why I just struggled with that guy. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was he uh, he was really funky and he kept it close and he would always he would always eke but, eke tight matches out. But if, out of thirty three guys, I mean, how does it happen? I know it. I Two know. years in a row, I, I had to double check. I'm like, is that the same Becker? Yep. Yep. Wow. So, but, I mean, it had to feel pretty good to bring a title back to Iowa City after yep. you watched how many titles in the 90s, and it had been sure. a drought, you know? For sure. And, and, but, I mean, it was, I was really happy for my team, and, and there was a lot of excitement around the program. It was awesome to be a part of the organization. But, but uh, you know, it, it stung a lot, too, you know, because you have, you know, my best friend growing up is second in the country, you know, and all these guys are happy. I mean, Borsal was third. My, my – uh, Metcalf wins it. Kenny, my other roommate, is is a place winner. I don't know if he was fifth or sixth or something, but I just felt I I, I hated the feeling. And then I'll never forget it. We were uh, even in the fall, so I decided to move up. And uh, even in the fall, I was I was drilling, and all those all my friends were going out to get the do the poster shoot. You know, only all Americans get to be on the poster shoot. So I'm sitting there, I'm drilling, and and Tom might have even said something to me. He's like, "Yeah, how does that feel?" You know, like, you know, you you need to be out. You know, and I I just remember I was like, "That sucks. That's not fun." You know, I I didn't ever want to feel that again. But uh, so it was it was uh, it was it was tough. 
it was tough. There was, you know, I had to get over. I, I had to. I just had to become a better wrestler. I had to. Uh, I had to grow up in some areas. And you technically, know, I, or like mentally. Yeah, mentally. Um, you know, I just needed to. Just needed to grow up. You know, there's there's a lot of situations where kids are they're good enough wrestlers and they're they're talented and they have all the tools, but you just need to grow up. And uh, you know, um, that's where I kind of learned some of my lessons of you know just just staying in there. You know, I mean, no matter what happens in a situation, I mean, there's no no backing off. Just stay stay in the battle, stay in the fight. Never, it, you know, it usually turns out. You know, it's, you're yeah. gonna come out of it. So. And you got on the podium your final two years. Then you went into coaching. Talk about that year at Wisconsin. I I just think that's interesting. The first time you go into a new venture, you're not. I mean, you were still training for the trials, of course, but you got other guys on your watch now, and that's probably the first time in your life you had 30 guys that you were watching over. Like, what, what were from just what was your experience at Wisconsin that year? Um, it was, I, I really liked it because um, I, ra- I ran a lot of camps and stuff. Um, you know, once I graduated college, I did quite a few. And, and just just running those workouts and, and um, you know, I had guys that were my guys that they looked to me for advice and they looked to me to, um, for, for help and, and skill and, and becoming better wrestlers. And it, it, it actually, it made me a better wrestler, you know, um, working with those guys. And, and you kind of, when you, when you learn to teach, you, you even learn the skill a little bit better sometimes, I think. Um, so it was, it was a great experience and, and, you know, being on the road and learning how to recruit for the first time under, under coach Davis. And, and I learned some great lessons that I mean, I still use today. I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. Where were you when you got the call to come to Iowa City? I was in my apartment. I was, um, I think it was a Sunday, and I had just gotten back. I went to the, uh, I went to, me and uh, Trevor Brandwold and Rochelle and I, we went um, down to the Kentucky Derby. We'd never been, I mean, just wanted to do it. It was in the spring. It was after the trials. And um, we went down there just as a vacation, and, and uh, Rochelle was from the south, and so he, uh he knew some people down there where we could stay. And so we rented a house, this person's house, one of his friend's houses, and we went down the Derby and I got back and on a Sunday night I was just watching TV and Tom, Tom had called me and, and asked, me if, asked me to interview. And, and usually when you get a call like that, it, you feel pretty good um, about where you're at as far as being a candidate and possibility of getting a job. And it was, it was good, it was, went through the process and got back so and now you've been here what nine years nine years yeah i'm going into my 10th season so pretty amazing i mean and you're everywhere you read one of the you know key cogs in the wheel in terms of the recruiting i'd love to know like do you have a philosophy for recruiting like how do you kind of like organize it and map your approach to it um um i think every program's a little bit different um you know some some programs they cast a wide net um we uh you know, we, we want guys that want to be a part of the program. Um, we want guys that uh, know what this program's about and, you know, know what they're signing up for and kind of come to us. And, I mean, obviously everyone's not going to come to us, but what I'm saying is, you know, um, this program's pretty unique. The University of Iowa is pretty unique. And um, so guys, and the, the good part about it is people know there's been a lot of coverage on the program, so they, they kind of know what they're what they're getting into as far as, um, you know, 
the bar being set, mm-hmm. goals, aspirations, everything else. And so they know what, what they're getting into. And so um, I think that we kind of pick our guys and, and we don't just recruit everybody. You know, we just pick pick our guys and we go after them and we, we try to make them our guys. And, and um, you know, it's, it's I, I, I don't think there's anything too scientific about it other than, you know, get to know guys and, and uh, if they're the great, a good fit, then you, you make them one of your own. Yeah. And, and when you talk about recruiting, obviously one of the big recruits probably of all time in Iowa history, Spencer Lee. I mean, what can you say about, you know, maybe one of the best college wrestlers ever. When was the first time you had heard that name and got engaged in, in, in his life? Um, he, was, he was very young. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you knew who he was. I mean, I, I've had a great relationship with Strip Matter for a long time, so... Yeah, um, you're always aware of who he is, and then you <clears throat> you think, oh, that's so far away, and it goes quick. It goes really quick. I mean, if guys as a freshman now or eighth grader now, it, they're going to be juniors and seniors before you know it. It goes so fast, <laughs> and so that's that's kind of how the you know you you follow results and you do camps and you get to know who some of these guys are, and then you and then you do the groundwork to get them get them to be a Hawkeye. Yeah, and it's obviously what an incredible uh, wave that he's you know brought in, and then obviously Marinelli is a whole other guy. I heard a story that you were working out with him when he was a freshman in high school at the Jeff Jordan camp, mm-hmm. and put a club on you that he's still putting on guys now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think he was a, actually an eighth grader going into freshman year, and and uh, I I worked camps for Jeff every summer. Um, I what? haven't recently, but. Um, you know, years ago, I, I did all the time because, um, you know, he wrestled at Wisconsin. That's kind of how the, that door got opened a little bit with because I was spent a lot of time out there, um, you know, with with the whole Jordan family. And, and um, those are long days, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really long days. So, uh, yeah, I remember doing a camp out there and and um, Jeff told me, yeah, keep your eye on this guy. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. You might want to wrestle him a little bit. He's the same size as he is now. I mean, he's a pretty mature kid, and he put some clubs on me. And and uh, I mean, when you feel it all the way down to the bottom of your tailbone, you know it's a pretty good club, especially for a high school kid or an eighth grader going to be a freshman. So, um, yeah, a lot of memories being out there and and um, and and running those camps. How does it work? Like, is you're you're working out all day, and then you wrestle his guys at night, or so? Um, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. You do. Um, Basically, they do a technique session for their guys throughout the day. They'll do, I don't know, two, three sessions. And then the last session of the day is just the basically the camp counselors, they work out. So right after that last practice of the day, they're lacing their shoes up and, and wrestling. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you, that's how you got engaged with Marinelli. And, and obviously, that whole wave of guys is here now. 2020 season, you guys are just on fire. And to a lot of people to shoo in to be the national champ how did like how did tom and terry handle the no ncaa tournament and distill it to you and the guys because it it's like a national title was taken away it's how i view it um i guess there's not a lot you can say there's nothing you could say that makes it better yeah there's nothing that you can say to make the pain go away um so yeah there's i mean you just you you deal with it with getting better, whether that's you know your 
mental imagery, whether that's on the mat. Um, the only thing to do is go forward, and that's all. The only opportunity that you have is to just move forward. I yeah. mean, there's there's a lot of pain that goes with it. Obviously, um, there's uh, you know you think of guys like Lugo. There's a lot of things that are taken away from you that you'll never get back. And so the only thing to do is get better, be a better person, be a better wrestler, um, and move forward. That's all you can do. There's not a lot you can say. Yeah. There just isn't. And that year, the Penn State duel at home, Carver was on fire. I was at that one. That's got to be, to me, the one of the most exciting environments I've ever been a part of. I mean, what was it like from the from the coach's seat down there? Um, we've been in – I mean, that was a – that dual meet was a – there was some a lot of strange things that happened, and there was a lot of hammers being thrown from each each team. Oh, God. And you know we've there we've, were some strange things in that. Yeah, match. there was a lot of strange things, and and you know um, just shows the resilience of the team of the guys because uh, you know they they stayed in there, they stayed in there, they stayed in the fight, they kept swinging. Um, it's a tribute to our to our guys on the team, and then you know even. Um, what happened to them at the end of the year, you know, it's a tribute to our guys and um, the way they were raised and the way that they approach the sport and their everyday life. So, um, but yeah, that was an exciting dual meet and, you know, we've been in, we've been in a couple of those and uh, it's, it's always good to come out on the, on that side of it. So. What are some others that come to mind for you? Um, another one comes to mind is when uh, Ramos got the fall against Conaway. I think that was, was that in? The fourteen, I think. Might have been. That was a big that was a big duel meet. Um that we came out on the other end of that and then there was fifteen thousand there. That was an awesome duel meet. Um That was huge. I forgot about that pin. Yeah. Oh my god. McDonough won. Um he beat uh or no, it wouldn't have been fourteen then, would it? Would have been thirteen? Or twelve? Twelve or thirteen, I don't know. Anyway. Um yeah, I think it was might have been 12, because McDonough won, and then Ramos got the fall. McDonough beat uh, uh, Mega Lutus, and then Ramos got the fall. So that was the one-two punch? Mac yep. Uh, yep. McDonough, Ramos, And wow. then, man, I'm trying to think. There were some there were some weird things that happened in there, too. I think Evans beat, uh, Evans beat uh, what's his name? Uh, Brown. Brown. Yep. That was a big win for us. That kind of that got it really swinging our way. And Telford won, I think. Telford was a sophomore, I think, or junior. And Telford won, and that cemented the duel. So, Man, the, yeah. both big ones. And I'm sure you guys have been at Rec Hall a bunch when there's been some burners. But, yeah. Um, and this year, do what do we know if Penn State's coming to Iowa, or are you guys going there this year? Uh, it's not, nothing's out yet. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We watch it so, closely. Yeah, yeah, I can't absolutely. wait to come back for it. <laughs> yep. We rented out a little spot at the airliner and had like a listener appreciation happy hour before that mm -hmm. duel, and then we went into Carver, and it was we still my brother and I still talk about it. We were super close, mm -hmm. and it was just insane when Kemmer got was it Kemmer yep. who beat Hall. Yep. Ooh. Yep. That was that was a must. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool. Um, moment and then brains yeah. press conference that was a heavyweight title fight so he was just <laughs> hand that was awesome 
Well, you've been super gracious with your time, man, and you know your family showing us around the property here. Folks who are listening, you know, normally I'm in Chicago doing these, but we are in farm country here right now. Yeah. Where are we at right now? Well, we're in Tiffin, Iowa, rural Tiffin, Iowa, and <laughs> sitting on about eight, eight acres. And <laughs> why? You know? Great, greatly appreciate your time. I just wanted to come in here, riff about some of the old days, talk about 08. And the last thing I was going to ask you was when you compare the 2021 championship team to 08. What similarities, what contrast do you have between the guys and like the temperament of the team? Um, they're uh, both, I compare them as very tight-knit teams. Mm. Um, I didn't think there was probably too many teams that were as tight-knit as, you know, our, like my teams when I was in college. And then this group came along and it's just like, uh, it's, I mean, very tight and they're, um, there, there's a lot of similarities as far as you know the work ethic and everything that goes along with it, but just the support that they've got and the resilience that this team has is pretty, pretty unique. And the, our teams in the past were pretty unique too as far as resiliency goes. And you know, I, I, my uh, my junior year we won without a champ, and there was a lot of weird things that happened. I think we had like eight in the eight or nine in the quarterfinals, and and we. Our team took a pretty pretty good shot. Um, like some guys went down that you wouldn't think of would go down, and so um, yeah, you know, just being able to fight back after that after that year, and and really just being resilient and staying in the in the heat of it, and and making things go your way. I think that that that's what those teams kind of have in common. Well, I'm excited to see you guys back out there next year, man. What you've done, you and the coaching staff, is amazing. And obviously, we don't need to tell you that. National champs, man. Uh, again, thanks for taking some time today, brother. Hey, yeah, no problem. Thanks Appreciate it, my man. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. To watch the full video interview, go to YouTube Wrestling Changed My Life. And that's it. We'll see you next time.